Welcome to the Brand Led Podcast. We're your hosts, Kane Baker and Lisa Dondrea, co founders of the Brownie Studio, Baker Creative. We're on a mission to help you gain clarity in your brand and fulfillment in your work life. From strategy to visuals and beyond, we're arming you with bite sized branding insights to help you build and grow a brand led business. Welcome, everybody, to episode number one of Brand Led. We're really excited. I got Lisa here with me. Hi, everyone. And we've finally done it, Lisa. We're recording our very first episode of a podcast. We are indeed. We've been talking about this for a little while now. So. Mm, yes. Yeah, so we finally got there, hey? Um, now, obviously, Brand Led is the name we've chosen for our new pod. I'm sure there's a few listeners wondering what we mean by that. Have we misspelt it? Is there a typo? Um, trust me, there's not. It'll all make sense soon. But before we get into that, um, maybe we can start the episode, Lisa, by talking about what the word brand means to us. Sure. So basically your brand is how people perceive your business. It's what comes to mind when someone, for example, you know, your customers, your team, your followers, what they think of when they think of you. And it's really a composite of all the experiences and all the interactions that they have with your business. Yeah. I like to think about it um, as that gut feeling that a person can have about, you know, your product or your service. Yeah, definitely. So basically everyone has a brand. Every business has a brand because it's just a perception. Um, But they might not have thought about what that actually should be or actually thought to define it in Mm. some sort of a way. Yeah. So that's the word brand. Um, The next step would be to define what the word branding means. Yeah. So Unfortunately, we can't really climb into someone's mind and really inject good thoughts about our business. And <laughs> That would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, branding allows us to influence what people think of us through what we say, what we do, mm. and how we look. Yeah. Yeah. So really aligning your visuals, messaging, and actions with the reputation that you're looking to build. Yeah, absolutely. But you can't really start creating you know, visuals or messaging or anything else if you don't know what your brand is. So your first job is to really decide what you want your brand to be. Yes. So I guess we call, you know, that part of the process a brand blueprint. It's kind of like the plans for your dream house that you're hoping to build. It's what's in the works. Um, So maybe you can start by sharing with everyone what a brand blueprint actually includes. Yeah. So the first thing that we cover in a brand blueprint is audience definition. So that's kind of looking at who your ideal customers are, what motivates them, and what are their pleasure and pain points. And then there's brand personality. Those are like the human qualities or the traits that define how you look and speak and act. And then we have positioning. So that's really cementing what you want to be known for compared to all the other offers available in your market. And finally, we work on trajectory. And this is kind of a catch-all term for your vision, mission, values, and purpose. And these statements all kind of describe the future that you're creating, why you're creating it, how you'll achieve it, and your code of conduct, I suppose, for the journey ahead. Yeah. yeah. So now that we've defined what a brand blueprint is, uh, let's circle back and talk about what it means to be brand-led. So once a business has their brand blueprint, they can start using it as a decision-making filter for everyday decisions. And that's really what it means to be brand-led. So maybe we can give everyone some examples of the types of decisions that you might Mm. make using your brand blueprint. Yeah. Yeah. So number one off the rank for mine is visuals. So usually inside your blueprint, your brand personality is defined and 
This is made up of, you know, three to five attributes that govern what your visuals should look like. Um, so, for example, you know, these attributes could be sophisticated, minimal, elegant, those types of things. And these words help give you and your d- design team a clear direction on how to create any brand visuals, visuals moving forward, such as, you know, colors, type, logo, those sorts of things. Yeah, for sure. I really like the idea of also being able to use your brand blueprint to decide who you hire and mm. kind of create this like code of conduct for your yeah. employees. Um, you could even use it for selection criteria, like your values yeah. for selection criteria yeah, for sure. um, or even just an alignment in terms of vision and what people are passionate about. Mm, mm. Um, my next example that you could use your brand blueprint for would be to qualify new leads. So what I mean by that is when you already have a clear idea of what your dream client looks like, you can quickly determine whether a new referral or lead is the right fit for your business. So I guess you can just measure it against the profile that you've created and you you can ask yourself, does this person align with those no-brainer characteristics, demographic or psychographic details? Yeah. So if someone kind of, you know, landed in your inbox as like a referral or something Mm. like that, you could really be like, "Mm, sorry, we're not really the right fit or yeah, you really suit our brand or what we're hoping to, who we're hoping to work with. The other one that I really like using a brand blueprint for is social content. Uh, So people often struggle to come up with content for social media. They don't know what to post. And really your vision, your values, your personality can really dictate what you post and even what you don't post. It's really easy to get caught up in, you know, trends on social media, what everyone else is posting. And it's kind of, sometimes it's hard to kind of stay true to what you, um, you know, what your audience is interested in and what, who you want to be as a brand and the vision that you're trying to, to, yeah, sure. to create. So I think um, that's a really nice way to kind of tie it back. Yeah. So does that mean that we just can't jump on, you know, reels, IGTV and just shoot away? Yeah. Don't crush my dreams, please. <laughs> yeah. Well, I suppose everyone kind of these days is, you know, pointing to things on reels and, and like all power to anyone who wants to, you know, dance around. And if that's part of your it authentic. to your brand, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but not everyone is going to, that's not going to be relevant for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to find your own um, authenticity. Yeah. So I think we've covered some pretty good examples there. I was thinking we can wrap up today with one last question. So I want to talk about why business would want to be brand-led. Like what are some of the gains they could expect? Yeah, so I suppose the biggest one uh, for me is becoming known for more than what you do. So Mm. I suppose when you're only known for what you do or sell, there's not a, a lot of room to kind of pivot. You know, people know you for a product, like let's say, uh, Colgate um, creates toothpaste. You know, you don't know them for. I don't know what Colgate's vision is. I don't know what their future is. Like, they're what trying mm. to future they're trying to create. I just know that they sell toothpaste. If they suddenly stopped selling dental products or toothpaste, I'd be like, I'm not going to follow you to go <laughs> yeah, move pivot exactly. into something else that you're creating. So, I think um, basically you can get stuck in this cycle of you know trying to one up your competitors or creating you know better products and services or competing on features and benefits. But when you're brand-led, your brand really supersedes your product or service. So um, you become known for your vision, your future vision for and and uh, what kind of beliefs that you have as a company. And so if you wanted to change direction or, you know, add new product lines or um, if market conditions change, uh, your customers are more likely to kind of follow along because they believe in that bigger vision they've already mm. bought into that lifestyle that you're creating rather than just in a product or service. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think a good example of this is Nike. You know, they're in the sneaker industry, but they've got a much bigger vision that everyone can kind of believe in. Yeah. So I suppose Nike's um, more about performance and reaching your potential and uh, really pushing the limits. And that's what their brand's really all about. So if they stop selling sneakers tomorrow and wanted to open a high-performance cafe. Yeah, or a coaching program or something like that. Yeah, it would make sense for them. Um, but not all brands can do that. And it's because Nike's kind of put in the work to kind of create that bigger belief. Mm, yeah, and that following around their brand. Um, so I guess another reason as to why you would want to be brand-led would be that it gives you, um, you know, your team a decision-making framework. So this means your whole team can make their own choices about who to hire, who to fire, um, what what to say in their messaging or how they speak to people, which suppliers to choose, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of gives people that um, ability to make choices on their own rather yeah. than have to kind of Go back the, to the business owner or the original founder of the yeah. yeah, and it kind of gives the business owner also confidence that people are following the the brand that they want to create and not just kind of making things up as they go along and, and kind of imparting their own beliefs because if there's a lack yeah. of a lack of values or lack of vision, um, people will just kind of, you know, add in their own. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely not a good thing. Um, wouldn't recommend that. Um, yeah, so is there anything else I guess you want to touch upon? Yeah, I think people these days are really expecting the brands that they buy from or work for to kind of take the lead in terms of making the world better than um, than when they kind of started. So I think these days you're comparing, you know, different products on the shelf or um, looking at different services and a lot of them are very similar. And in the absence of any kind of difference or valuable difference, people are looking to brands who Um, looking to their ethos, looking to their values, looking to their purpose to understand, does this brand really align with who I am and what I believe in as well? So you might want to buy a Gucci hat or you might want to buy a Patagonia hat Mm. and it really just depends on on the lifestyle that you're trying to create and who you are as a person and what that means to to buy. um, To your identity, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I do have a couple of like statistics here. So uh, two in three consumers will pay more for products and services from brands that are committed to making a positive social impact. Mm. So that's really important. So um, positive social impact doesn't mean, you know, you need to solve world hunger. It's just, you know, having that positive, um, you know, making the world a little bit better than when you started your business. Um, there's also another one, 86% of consumers agree that CEOs should speak out on societal issues. So it's not mm-hmm. just people don't want um, brands to just talk about their products and services anymore. They want them to have that bigger picture view. They exist in society. They yeah. exist in the community. Um, they should be having an impact in that community. And the last one is 66% would switch from a product that they typically buy to a new product from a purpose-driven company. And this goes up to 91% when millennials are polled. <laughs> Sorry, wow. that was a bit of a tongue twister. So, yeah, yeah really people are willing to switch um, buying their buying habits, um, drop the loyalty Crazy, there. Crazy, 91%. Yeah, um, because they want to align themselves with a purpose-driven company. Mm, and I'm sure that will only go up in the future, you know. Exactly. If you have the choice to buy from a company that has this really strong vision for the future and is doing and making a positive impact, why wouldn't you want to support them? Mm. Yeah. So I think that's, is that all we've got? I mean, I think that's the app for today. So how about we just recap? Um, Firstly, we talked about your brand being a perception of your business and how before you can influence that perception, 
you need to know what kind of brand that you want to be. Yep. And we also discussed that being brand led is about using your brand blueprint to make choices like who to hire, what to post, what your visuals should look like. And then finally, we kind of chatted through why becoming brand led was even more critical today than it has been ever before. So we explained how brand led businesses are able to become more resilient by really becoming known for more than what they sell and how being brand led also aligns your team and helps them to make decisions. And finally, we also discussed um, that people, namely your team and customers, are now really expecting your company to align with their own values and beliefs and how important that is for their buying decisions. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. So, look, I think that's a wrap for today's episode. That's everything that I wanted to cover. I just wanted to say a big thank you to all our listeners for spending your time with us today. What a pleasure it's been. Yeah, we've got some really exciting episodes planned for you. So, if you enjoyed this episode and want to be notified when the next one is out, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, And we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.